0: you're listening to the bookkeepers podcast sponsored by iris elements the weekly podcast for ambitious bookkeepers every week we'll be discussing topics which will help you build a successful practice which works for you and here are your hosts and founders of the six-figure bookkeepers club joe wood and zoe whitman hi and welcome to the bookkeepers podcast i'm zoe whitman i'm here with
1: joe wood and andrew and pete my how are you
2: doing? Oh, I think you am coming as guys, we're feeling good. We're feeling really good.
1: Oh, it's nice, it's like I feel like there's a fresh start. It's September. Uh, maybe for everyone, like kids are back to school and we like I feel like we're back in a routine with the butcher's podcast. Yeah. So it's really nice to kick off September speaking to you guys. So thanks. and you're fresh back from a holiday as well, aren't you?
2: Yeah. Or yeah. a business breakaway of the conference. Um, <laughs> yes we go away once a year just to kind of we, we brainstorm in the morning and then explore and have fun in the afternoon so this year we went to uh, Ibiza so that was fun haven't been since I was a kid but um, great, no. island, great food we ate far too much didn't we Pete <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. but yeah we're feeling refreshed as well I was just saying I feel like September is actually New Year, isn't it? <laughs> like... It really
0: is. I think because, well, we've all been through the school system. So even though, even if you haven't got kids, you were a kid once and went to school every September, got a new fresh pencil case and felt like, right, oh, this God. year is going to be my year. And I think it's like, it's ingrained in us, isn't it?
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, and then it just never was my year. So um... <laughs> oh, <Pete. laughs>
1: And now you're here on the Bookkeeper's Podcast and you've made it in no, so...
3: tell. I can go right. tell my teachers, yeah. This
2: year, Pete, is your year. <laughs> oh, is, I, I love that...
0: the idea of a business breakaway and, you know, having that morning where you work on things and, like, really deep dive and then you have some, like, time away me and Zoe didn't quite make it to Ibiza but we did go to Barry Island didn't we Zoe and we had a (laughs) lovely time and we ate donuts and ice cream and we walked across the beach and we had fun and we went in the arcades. and we like lived our best life in Gavin and Stacey's world and yeah we had fun maybe next year we will upgrade and go somewhere a bit more posh
2: (laughs) We'll invite you next year. You can come with us. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. It
3: sounds good too, though. Yes.
1: It was good. It, we'll all have a Barry Island meetup, I think. Um, <laughs> do you guys, I'm, I'm just thinking, like we've had a couple of chats on the Bookkeeper's Podcast before, but there might be people watching who don't know what you do. I wonder if you could start by telling us a little bit about Andrew and Pete.
3: Yeah, so basically we're the sales and marketing duo uh, with to help small business owners grow faster than they ever thought possible. We believe in working braver, not necessarily working smarter or harder or longer. We believe in having bigger impact. We believe that a small business owner can have a better business because they can make as much money as they want and they don't have to be all stressed out in a corporate job or anything like that. We were best friends at university. That's how me and Andrew met. One fateful day, we got London. We placed in the same halls of residence together at university. And we became best friends. And then we started our business together. And we've not looked back since. So that was about, I don't know, like 12, 13, 14 years ago now. And uh, we've been running our business ever since. We've both never had a job, if you can believe that. And we're, we're like 100% unemployable right now, I think. That's so cool. we, we've been growing our business. We have a brand called Atomic, and we live to help small businesses through a variety of services that we offer. For example, a, a one-to-one accelerator program, a membership, and also our conference, our annual conference, Atomicon, as well, which is balls if we do say so ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you it, guys is have amazing.
1: it is we went we went last year and we uh, we came up to Newcastle and we brought some of our bookkeeping community along and we just had the best time it was amazing we like randomly ended up in some bar in the evening where you were filming some kind of promo and we were like talking to the people
0: <laughs> it was so weird wasn't <laughs> it um, I've not seen that film yet I literally did my best acting skills ever that night yeah that was good yeah, I and, know,
2: and we was, need to send you the video. Yeah, yeah it came out very it, well. Yes. Oh, it <laughs>
0: did. It was so much fun. And then and you had Deborah Mead in there, and there were so many amazing uh, people to go and watch. And what was really nice, it was one of the first times our community like got together face to face, and mm-hmm. we kind of decided to sit up on high in like the the high seats, and we kind of got a name for ourselves for being a bit rowdy. Like we were really whooping and everything, and they're like, Oh my god, what do you lot do? And we're like, with bookkeepers and accountants, they're like, "What?" So I'm like, "Yeah, don't get us all together." It was it was really really good, so we can't wait to hear more about what you've got coming up this year with Atomicom, and uh, we will share more about that. But okay, so you help small businesses with marketing. If you're brand new in your business, or more likely as well, lots of people in, I know in our in our community have had a business for ages, but have never had a proper marketing plan like they've never they don't know where to start this is so they might have lots of people say oh all my referrals come from word of mouth and that's that might be true but it's not really a plan is it that's like that's just doing your job and really being good at your job and looking after your clients and then work does come and that is part of a strategy but it's not really like you said the brave plan is it I feel like that's a bit of an easier way how does someone start creating a braver marketing plan
3: okay that's a good question and just to clarify there as well like you're absolutely right um you know if you're getting referrals that means you're doing a great job that's awesome and you can grow like that however like, there's a danger in it because you are not in control of the growth So you can never really be fully confident about growing a business, taking on new people, because what happens is that you don't know necessarily how to get new clients. And if you don't know how to get new clients on demand, then you kind of letting fate decide whether you're going to grow or not. So we don't like to be in that position. We like to be more in control and not just in control, but accelerate things as well. So, I'd love to share in this kind of interview today about lots of great advice on like how to build your marketing plan, uh, simple ideas, uh, things that people can do. So hope that excites everyone. Uh, And if anyone else has any questions after this as well, please do message us direct at Andrew and Pete on Instagram. Just yeah, we'd love to get in touch with people. So I think where people need to start is by just experimenting. So we have this idea that business is almost like an equation. And it's it's very simple. If you spend X amount of time doing this each week, like what is your outcome? So when you tweak that equation of what you do each week, like what is the outcome? Is that better or worse? And business is essentially just a series of constant experimentations. And if the experimentations work turn those into processes that you outsource and do on repeat without you even having to think about it again. And then you build on that, the next set of experimentations and so forth and so forth. And that's how you kind of grow. So eventually everything's processed, outsourced, everything that works and everything that doesn't work, you have to keep on experimenting with, right? So when it comes to marketing, there's a bajillion things that you could be doing and if you try to do all of them, then you are never going to get anywhere because you're going to spread yourself too thin. And one of the things that we like to do is you've almost got like the consistent things that you're going to be doing each week that they're pretty much the same, but then you've also got like the experimentation and the proactive sales, let's say. So, from a very, very simple point of view, if I was to like break down what a simple marketing plan could look like for people, it would be three things, right? I'm talking very basic here, but three things. <laughs> Number one, creating content that grows an audience of potential customers. All right, sounds easy, it's not, right? <laughs> Number two, you create what we call handraiser content. And I'll explain this and I'll give examples, but essentially, handraiser content is a type of content that makes you aware of who in your audience is a perfect fit for you and or potentially is in the market to buy right now. And number three, you follow up with those people. so it's it's actually very, very simple in that in that terminology. Okay, yeah, build your network of people, see who's interested and sell to those people. Um, but the, the intricacies of it can be a little bit more complex. So we could maybe talk a little bit about that, but does that make sense so far to you guys?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think I think everybody will understand that, but then they get paralyzed at the beginning by the thought of, well, which platform and what do I say? And all of this stuff. But I think it's where way, way you've broken that down so simply is like, forget about all of that. Just think, what is, the, what is the point? And I think lots of people forget the purpose of what they're trying to do. And you're trying to raise this audience, mm-hmm. build it. So you've got lots of people that then you give them the opportunity to put their hands up and say, oh yeah, you're for me. And then you follow up and engage. And lots of people, we see them do one thing, but maybe not all the, all the three things. And it's like, that's like a really magic formula you need to be able to complete that c- cycle. So I love that.
2: Yeah, the oh, biggest if you... thing people miss is, is that middle part. Like how do you actually, okay, we've got an audience and that, when we say audience as well, we don't mean like thousands of people. Like we've taught the strategy to people that only have like a few hundred people or only have like 20 people on an email list and they think they've got like a small audience, yet they'll go to a networking event that has like 15 people in the audience, like in Mm. the room, and they think like that's better. And it's like, hang on, 20 people have opted in for your email and you're doing nothing with them. Like what's going on there? (laughs) So actually, no matter like how big your audience is, and obviously it gets a lot easier if you do have a bigger audience, there's more people to kind of like pick from. But even if you've started building your audience, We should always be trying to move people from I'm just an audience member to, no, I am actually more interested in working with you to a customer.
3: So if we were to break that down in terms of like time, (laughs) right, you would almost have a weekly segment of your time where you are creating the content. We call it primary rich content, the content that builds your audience, right? It's about their pains, their problems, helping them as much as you can. And by the way, when it comes to like bookkeepers, you what you can talk about is like infinitely interesting. I think numbers are very interesting. People do struggle with it, but you can also branch out into lots of other business things and whatever your niche is in the bookkeeping world, there's a ton of advice that you can give, that you can share, that you can um, bring into... Uh, share from other people's content as well. Like you don't have to be the expert on everything. You can interview people, you can uh, share other people's content. And the more you become the hub of that, then the better the relationships you're gonna build. And you can build into that a lot of your own stories as well, your own personal life. And people will start to build what we call like your brand equity with you. Like, so basically your relationships, right? And then we're going to build that up, build that up, that equity, and then we're going to release it, right? We're going to take some away. We want to make some money, right? So you've got that piece of time every week. That's, That's like your social content or your blogs or your YouTube channel or your podcast, whatever it is that you want to do. And that content is there to help grow your audience, bring in the right people. It's not there to sell at all just purely to like make them love you to bits, right? And within that, you can build into that time each week, like collaboration time as well. So that can be things like pitching to do collaborations with other business owners or um, reaching out to be on podcasts or do a webinar for other people's communities or whatever it is. So you can collaborate with other people to grow faster and again, when we say work braver, not smarter or harder, that is one of the big things that you can do that people often shy away from, which is like reaching out to other people because they feel like they're going to get rejected or they're not good enough to be on those platforms. Um, but that's often one of the biggest factors to grow your audience uh, because you can piggyback off other people's audience, essentially. Can so I
2: make a, a note lot. on that point as well? Because... I think bookkeepers don't do this enough. And it's like when you look at all the different podcasts and all the different events, they're all it's all marketers, it's all business cultures. And like we're in that space as well, right? Bookkeepers never pitch to us. Bookkeepers will never say like, hey, can I speak at Atomic On? Or hey, can I do this? Or hey, can I do that with you guys? Can I be on your YouTube channel? Can I take over your Instagram account? They never do that. However, like the knowledge they have is infinitely interesting to our audience. Like business coaches, marketers, they have audiences of bookkeepers, potential clients, and no other bookkeepers are pitching to these people or very, very few. I feel like that's a really easy win for bookkeepers to be doing that kind of stuff because every business needs to know their numbers better. Oh,
0: that is so true. and, and, we, we see it in, actually, we went, I can't remember the event we went to, or it was a podcast that we did with someone. And he actually said, like, oh, I, he was speaking about the fact he needed a bookkeeper. And at the end, about a week or so later, he said to us, you know, none of your bookkeepers reached out to me. Like, and I literally <laughs> said on the podcast, I need a bookkeeper. And they all assume well, there's someone out there better, and they'd have they'd have been stronger, and they'd have been braver, and they would have gone for it. So there's no point in me doing it, and it meant that no one did it. And I find that really fascinating about the psyche of bookkeepers. And this bravery thing you're talking about is really interesting.
1: Well, I think the audience thing as well. Like um, you know, we say about building an audience and it being like putting content out and things like that I think often we don't want to be in the limelight um like at the beginning of my practice I was like oh my god I never want to post a photo of myself online or anything like that and I did like a black and white photo because I didn't want anyone to like no it's so weird but we are really like nervous a lot of us not I'm not you know not speaking for everybody I can't speak for everybody but I think generally as a profession we would rather like just put a post on social media every week hope we've done it and try and keep quite low profile but it's actually quite important to not do that if you want people to know who you are and what you do
2: (laughs) that's because they think that they've got nothing to say or like nothing to add
1: maybe maybe it's that um I don't know I don't know actually it's a it's a good question about like what is it like I think it's definitely for me I'd worked in a different space before like really corporate background had like all of my connections were like in pension funds or uh you know like banks and stuff and I was like whatever I post here is irrelevant like no one cares like what I do but actually of those people were the introductions to my first client so i know now that's so true like not true um but i think at the beginning we're like oh people will be confused they won't understand what i'm doing and now i don't know what to do like i I don't know where to start at all because you uh, you feel so conflicted i suppose And,
0: and i think we are in an industry full of amazing experts and very very intelligent people and so we kind of think What gives us the right? There's other people that know so much more than me. um, And there's going to be questions that I might not know the answer to. And I've realized um, um, that actually people love it when you don't know the answer. And you go, do you know what? I don't know the answer, but I'm going to go and find it out for you. And I'll write a post and let you know. they they yeah. like it because for them, they're feeling like, well, I didn't know the answer. And I've had to be really brave to ask this question. And other people might be thinking I'm stupid, but if the expert has got to go away and do a bit of research, actually it makes everyone feel okay. And I've been doing a lot of work with salon owners and lash technicians and people that are just starting out and maybe it's a new, and they're nervous that they're in their field. And I've been doing like fireside Q&As and things. And um, it's I, actually realizing that the questions that are coming out are questions we definitely every all of the bookkeepers I know in our membership definitely know the answers to and if they didn't the people really wouldn't mind no one's going to judge but I think that's it there's so there's so much you could know in our industry yeah. there's so much but it doesn't mean you need to know it all people don't care they just want someone to sound have a sounding board with
3: you know you know what really helps with that what we've found and the advice we give to people especially new people are people that are scared of sharing is if you are sharing or share what you have learned through your experiences then you can never be wrong or judged so rather than say like hey this is how you do things like this is the best way it's it's that that opens you up to criticism and people saying you're wrong right (laughs) that's the fear but if you say this is what i've learned today or I read this and I think that's really interesting. What do you think? Like, you can't be wrong. No one can criticize you for that. And I think sometimes that's a good way to look at it because in reality, no one can ever know everything and you're always learning. So that's how we look at it. Like, hey, we tried this and it worked quite well. Maybe it would work for you. We say it slightly more confidently than that. And when we experiment with these things, we get more confident. So we can say, hey, we tried this method, it worked. We've told like 10 of our clients, it worked for them. Maybe it's gonna work for you too. In fact, I got a really good feeling it's gonna really work for you. So you get more confident when you experiment and you just put stuff out there. I think another thing that you mentioned there as well, and it's also in the chat about introverts, and although I think that's a good point, I think some people can potentially use that as a bit of an excuse. Like, don't, don't shout at me, but introversion isn't, doesn't mean that you're shy. And, and I think it's a totally different thing. So I think they can be confused at, like a lot and people say that they're an introvert so they can't do all this stuff. That's absolutely not true. Like, for example, Andrew is a massive introvert.
2: I am an introvert. And like, we, I didn't even know what an introvert was. But when me and Pete first started going to events and doing this, like all this stuff, it would get like a few hours in and I would just be like drained completely of energy. And Pete would be like Woo! raving off all the new connections we were making (laughs) (laughs) and it took like a few years to actually understand the difference between introverts and extroverts to like work out like what that was and why that was and how we handled that and yes it can be scary but I think just because you're an introvert it doesn't mean that you are antisocial. it doesn't mean that like you don't have value to give like just because you don't like get energy off other people and you need to like recharge it shouldn't hold you back from creating content from marketing yourself
0: and i think and me and zoe have both realized this as well since you know we started our business 2020 didn't have any events to go to started september 21 onwards we started going to go into events and um Zoe very quickly realised that, like, oh my goodness, I cannot deal with all of this. And for me, I was fine in the moment, and I absolutely loved it. But afterwards, like you said, Andrew, like completely drained. And I'm like, I need to start having days off when I see people because I literally, I love it in the moment, but then I'm really drained. So I and and I know I love my own company and I love being in my office no one around, and I, I I, really like, and I know that there's part of, and I think we can be part and part as well, but sometimes, but I definitely, like, and people say to us as well, oh yeah, but you're really brave, you do a podcast every week, well, I haven't done it since I was born, I've done it for the last two years, and I've had to learn exactly like what Pete said about the experimenting, was it going to work, did people want to listen to us, our first five episodes are nowhere to be seen, too bad to go out and be aired, but we, you get, cons- it's the consistency and trying and and seeing what people's responses are. And then I love what you say about the fact that when you do find the things that work, then you found that um, formula as such and then outsource it. So then you can keep on experimenting and finding other things.
2: Exactly. Nobody is good at this from the beginner. Nobody, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. I remember like the first few podcast interviews me and Pete did, we were crapping it. We were like so nervous before. I remember the first webinar we even did, Pete. It was like, I think we took the whole day off. It was like, this is the only thing we're doing today. We're gonna make sure everything's good, all the tech's good, everything's great. It's taken like a long time to get to the point where we show up like five minutes before this interview and be like confident and ready to go so it does take a little bit of time and like if you are feeling a little bit nervous then i think that's very normal i think you sh- i think that's almost we've started to see it as a sign of we pu- we pushed ourselves out of our comfort zone so it's like if we're not feeling a little bit nervous about like the next thing that we want to do or achieve in our business we see it as all right we're not trying hard enough we need to try a little bit harder we need to push ourselves a little bit more and yeah, it does just take a little bit of practice and getting used to it. I know, it's a little bit of a cliche, isn't it? Kind of practice makes perfect, but I don't think there is I don't think there is a shortcut to being great at content creation.
1: Do you think, um, like, we're talking about meeting people in real life as well, and actually, you you were saying, you know, we, get, we, we go to networking events where there are 15 people who probably aren't ideal clients in a room, but yet we can get 20 people on an email list, and actually, the kind of communication you can have with them is very different to actually going to an in-person event, which I remember Joe describing, like, it, you've spoken about, like, having to, like, psych yourself up in the car to go into that room and do your 60-second pitch, so actually, if, if we can attract the right people through content anyway, we don't necessarily have to go into a room with them. It's just thinking about what is that content we need to create to build that audience so that then we can move on to this next step about the hand-raiser content, I suppose.
2: Yeah. Yes, like we 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 are advocates of networking. Like we do love going out and like meeting new people. I think it's great. I think relying on having networking events to go to, to fuel business is a much slower way of doing it. And if you have 20 people on an email list, we've actually did this with some vowel clients before. we said, all right, you've got 20 people on your email list. You plan on going to that network event tomorrow. Let's not go. Let's instead record 20 personalized videos and send them to your email list to just thank them for being subscribed and asking if you can help them with anything. And they've got more from doing that which probably took them less time than actually driving to a networking event, driving back from a networking event. Nobody wants to work do they either after they've been to a networking event, the day's pretty much gone. Um, They've got more from doing that than they have actually going, going outside.
1: cool so you mentioned lots of different types of content that you can create joe's recently started a youtube channel which i'm very excited about because we had to have a serious Ooh. chat in with joe about <laughs> joe's marketing um well like if you for bookkeepers watching this who have um maybe even either just started a practice or for most people watching like people i can see here thanks everyone who's here by the way kath and nicola here i can see that um Nikki's here I also noticed that Susie's joined her first one live well done Susie Ooh. um but for, like people like that who've been um running a practice for a while and are maybe maybe haven't had this kind of marketing plan they're like right I'm ready I need to be building an audience what would you suggest is the place to start I know there could be all sorts of answers but what would you do if you were running a practice and you were like well, I need to get eyes on my business where would you start?
3: So there's a perfect correlation Venn diagram between like what you enjoy and this is inappropriate hand gestures here, but where where you, where you enjoy, and then also where your customers are. So like, if it makes a good business sense to be on that platform, then if you enjoy it also, then that's good. Now, the argument is that most business owners are on every platform to a degree so every platform it can be successful if you do it well enough and therefore it really just comes down to what you enjoy the most because ultimately if you're going to be consistent then you have to enjoy the platform and if you don't enjoy the platform you're not going to be consistent so it's no point so basically just whatever you enjoy the most i think there's a degree of there's kind of like on the peripheral, more like the, the social platforms. And then you've got kind of like the YouTube podcast or blog, and then you've got like the email list, so much like different layers to the content strategy. And that creates a lot of complication and confusion for people because there's all of this different type of content that you could potentially be creating on all these different types of platforms. Recommend doing like the minimum amount of platforms, but doing them as well as possible. So, if you enjoy Instagram, like just rock on with Instagram. Do you need a blog right now? Maybe not. Do you need an email list? We would recommend everyone has a good email list. That's the best way to get sales, by the way. But you don't have to be on every platform, you don't have to have a YouTube channel, podcast channel, blog instagram facebook group pinterest account etc if that makes sense
0: yeah it does and i think what's i mean what's helped me is when zoe's kind of me have had this chat and i was like okay i've not been consistent and this is the thing i think people assume that everyone's always done this thing right and they're late to the party and they're really not you know you can start this afresh now whatever you've got and when we we spoke about it you know what's the best way and obviously because of what we're doing here I've got more confident with doing video than I would have been maybe a few years ago when I started my practice so we spoke about YouTube and what I'm really enjoying about having that pillar piece of content that I know what I'm doing and creating is now I so I create my YouTube uh, video and then I can go onto Facebook to share about my YouTube video but I can talk Um, and a mini blog not a blog even but just like a post about it but I can share a few views about that and then as well I've just been you know I've been dabbling a little tiny bit with TikTok this week and I was like oh what should I post oh I'll go to my YouTube channel and see what I've been speaking about and maybe I can create something there it's kind of like if you've got that one thing you can kind of so I think it's about deciding on that one thing first and making that part and become consistent and then it becomes like it's not that big scary thing and then automatically you start branching out well there's that piece of content how else can I share it and where do I want to share where are my clients hanging out um and we do seem to think that if your your ideal clients tend to be hanging out where you want to hang out because you're similar types of people that's yeah that's how it feels
3: yeah I think our biggest our biggest tip for a Being consistent is having that non-negotiable time in the diary, and not just having content time. Like, every Thursday, like, 9 to 1, content time. Like, that does not work. I'll guarantee you that it just doesn't work. It needs to be broken up into very specific tasks. So for example, if I actually just, like, get up our calendar here. On a, let's say on a Wednesday, right, that's today. So at 9.30, like Andrew writes three emails and I write three Facebook posts for our groups. And then at 11, we record our Insta Reels that we wrote on the previous Thursday. And then we have another segment for Instagram Lives, which we're gonna start doing. But again, at this point, that's a new thing that we're working into our schedule. It previously used to be Instagram Reel editing, but we're now, now Instagram Reels work. So we're going to outsource that process is what I said at the beginning. And then we have time for 12, 13 Instagram story. And then we have lunch and so forth. But can you see how everything has a time slot and a place? And it's not just like, hey, content time and we prep the content like the week before on the Thursday, and we've got more time. But this is how you wanna look at your weekly schedule. I feel like, to be honest, a weekly schedule is like highly underrated. I feel like it's like a massive, massive key to success. Um, if you have in your diary time for client work, meetings, content time, and sales time, and project time, like you are sorted. And what that looks like is potentially like in the mornings, say Monday, Tuesday and Friday, client time, and then meetings in the afternoon. And then Wednesday and Thursday, project time and content time, which basically means that you've always got that time in the diary. And if you are at the point where you're taking on too much work, that you have to use Wednesday and Thursday, then you are at the point where you either need to raise your prices or you need to outsource more and build your team. Because if you don't have time in your diary for projects, and when I say projects, that's things like improve your sales page, come up with your content strategy, be proactive with XYZ strategy, create a webinar, uh, build this lead magnet, whatever it is, it's, it's things that are ever going to change, all these things that you have in your head that you want to do. But when are they going to get done? So that's your project time. And then your content time is broke down. And that's always in the diary. If you have, light like, those two things in, and your client work fits around those two things, then that's amazing. And then over time, you want to increase that so you do less and less and less client work. And your team deals with it. Or you just take on like the big juicy clients and that's it. And the rest of your time is spent literally just on promoting your business, improving the efficiencies of your business, selling. And then eventually you outsource all those processes. And then you're just like an ambassador for the business. You can do whatever you want. And your business runs without you. Right? That's like the three stages essentially. But it all is determined on how much time you spend working on the business, not just in the business.
1: I, yeah, I love this. Like it's like having a default diary, isn't it? Like you've decided these are my time slots for things. And I mean, that's something we do with members of our success program because on Friday mornings we have an accountability call. People come on and they work on their business, and then lots of people spend the rest of the day working on something for the business that's going to, you know, grow the business that isn't client work. And so we try and carve. we had a finances meeting this morning. We always get everyone every month. You've got to do finances because you know it's like a <laughs> couple of shoes, isn't it? But we have to get together and set those targets and. And reflect on what's happened and see what we need to change so having that time in set out means it's non-negotiable and then you have to fit other things around it um, it's really important okay so my next question because pete you mentioned you mentioned as we've gone along these sort of three steps and so we've spoken about growing an audience and getting in front of people uh, who i will never forget this gesture um, but the next one is <laughs> um how do we create hand raiser content what do you mean by that and uh, and what kind of things should so thinking about joe and her youtube channel for example what kind of thing and like nicola does reels all the time like lots of people are on instagram what kind of thing would we be doing that you would class as handraiser content
2: yeah so handraiser content comes in lots of different shapes and sizes but essentially the goal is it needs to tell you who has your problem who has the problem that your product or service solves or even better who is interested right now in learning more about working with you or how they can work with you. So for example, we might do uh, an email that goes out to our whole list. And say if we've we've got um, a service called Goalgetters, which is all about accountability. So to launch that, we did an email that didn't even talk about Goalgetters. It just spoke about the accountability problem. And it said, if you feel like you need more accountability, click here. That went to a valuable piece of content that helped them with accountability but now we know who on our email list has raised their hand and says yo guys i actually have that problem so then you can follow up with the right kinds of people rather than just guessing who is actually interested so that's kind of one and then secondly like you can talk about your products and services like in your content and if you can get people to say like hey, guys, I want more information, then perfect. For example, we might do on Instagram, we might do a story talking about Atomicon or talking about one of our products, one of our programs, and we'll say, we'll have a little poll like, hey, guys, does this sound good to you? We we call them double positive polls. So we don't actually want to know who's not interested. (laughs) So we'll have like, yes, I am interested, or like, hell yes, I'm really interested. Everyone that clicks on that poll, we can follow up with them. So these are all like different types of handraiser content. A services brochure is a really good one. If we tell every service business that they should have a downloadable brochure that talks about how people can work with you. That's like a really easy thing that you can have on your website. Whenever someone downloads it, you get the email address, you can follow up with them. If you've got an email list, you can update it. When we used to do more done for you marketing we would update our services brochure periodically send out a new copy to our list anyone that clicked to view it we would then follow up and ask them if they were interested and we've kind of got into this habit of rather than thinking of doing big launches like every few months i think that's what a lot of what a lot of businesses do they'll gear themselves up they'll put like a ton of effort into doing like a big launch They'll exhaust themselves and it either like goes well or if, or doesn't go well or probably somewhere in the middle. And then and then what? What do you do the, the next month? It's hard, right? So rather than thinking about doing big launches, what we've been what we've been experimenting with and what we've been getting our clients to do is experiment with this idea of like mini launches. So how do we constantly on a much smaller scale? get people to raise their hand and say like you know what like maybe I do want some more information and then following up with those people so it might be like a specific lead magnet it could be like a webinar that you do like you could do a webinar all about getting your books in order promote that to your audience your social audience or your email list everyone that attends that webinar has the problem You can then do another raiser in that. Like, do you want to hop on a call and talk about how I can help you? Yes, please. Do you have any other ideas, Pete?
3: You could do like a a free audit, limited spaces available. I'm doing, you know, this audit this week, booking a little calendar, meeting with me, fill out this little questionnaire before, and you're going to get a ton of advice for free. No obligation. If you want that, just click here. People can click there, not book anything in, and still, you know that they're potentially interested. They just kind of wuss out at the end. So you can follow up with them. You could have a, uh, like a little mini email challenge, not like a big Facebook group challenge that takes all your energy and kills you, but like a little mini five-day email sequence, like, hey, over the next five days, I'm going to help you get your books in order like five super easy tips all you have to do is click here and you get one a day Boom! that easy gosh that I... could just
1: work on like evergreen as well like you could just have that on your website at any point so you could have mm-hmm. that as like a sign up here to get it and then you get it over the next five days and then from your it's like click here to book a call at the end or any point I suppose if you want to know more how I can help you do this Yeah,
3: you could do like a free demo or behind the scenes tour of like how you work and what you do. Click here to watch this little two minute tour of like how I work as a bookkeeper and what it means and what I do. Uh, You could do like a happy customers launch um, and give your clients something to share about you. Or you could do an email about like... um, like, hey, I've got this amazing testimonial from a client, like, click here to watch it. Like, who the hell is going to watch that unless they're interested? So you're going to get, like, very minimal clicks, but those clicks are going to be, like, people that are probably on the fence right now about buying from you. So I've got, like, a list of, like, I think we've actually got a list of about 70 of these, just FYI, um, which if people want, like, they can let us know and I can give that to them um but like i hope you can just get this idea that it's small it's but it's but it's every like all the time like if you just do like a sales promotion like once every six months or once a month even like you're missing out on sales like it's just as simple as that if i'm interested in a bookkeeper do you know how long i'm gonna wait to find a bookkeeper i'm gonna sort it out this week (laughs) <laughs> right? If I want a bookkeeper right now, I'm just going to go find one. I'm going to see who's like captured my attention the most. I'm going to start perusing websites, downloading things, checking out services, subscribing to things. And if they're not being proactive with the sales, then they're going to miss out on my business.
0: And, and and what's interesting about that is when you're like really consistent like that, and you've got an email list of whether they're 20 or whether it's 200 or 2000 doesn't matter all those people that are receiving that and know how to contact you not if you're not right for them at that time but they have a conversation with somebody that needs a bookkeeper you're going to be in there at the forefront of them and they're going to be like oh i can help you with that i know somebody so it's like you're building a sales force as well as um potential client list as well aren't you yeah i
2: love that outlook as well that's good because it's service businesses as well I think when you look at like having thousands and thousands of people on your email list, sometimes that is more useful if we're selling very like low ticket products where we need mass. If you have a service that you're offering, you do not need thousands. One of our clients at the moment, they have about 300 people on their email list. They do SEO. So it's, it's similar, vein. it's like it's a B2B, it's a service business. And like they have just been, we got them just to go through their email list and just start sending personal emails to people. We actually got them to do something similar to that IDP just had. We got them to do like a mini SEO course first, then then started like tracking the people that were engaging with that mini SEO course, which was all done through email. It wasn't done like anything, nothing complicated. It was just a series of, I think, it was like five or six emails essentially, which just taught people how to like self-analyze how good their SEO was. It took him a couple of hours, I think, to like create the whole thing and then send, it, send them out one by one. Everyone that was like clicking on links, everyone that was like replying to the emails. That's another thing as well, actually replies, like get people to reply to your content, ask people to reply. Hey, if this sounds interesting to you, like let me know in the comments or hit reply on this email. That's another type of hand content. Like, you know, they're interested. Um, and he's just booked out his week with sales calls just from doing that with a fairly small in comparison to other people email list.
1: Wow. I, I mean, we do this we, when we send our emails out, we'll say reply and let us know and people reply. And yes. you would think that that's like, do, that, that people do, they're just like, oh, it's an, e- it's, an it's an email, it's to <laughs> me, I'm going to reply. And uh, it's, it's just really interesting. And it's nice because it starts a conversation with people that and you don't, you know, maybe haven't come across them before, but they've obviously been sat quietly on your mailing list. And then one day see something they're like, oh yeah, I want to talk about that. Um, so how would you say so the follow-up part then so you would reach out to people so, sorry i've got lots of thoughts in my head um just to rewind a little bit you're building your audience creating some content that you're interested in sharing that you think your your ideal client would be looking for in the same place where they would be so with joe youtube videos with someone like nicola reels so you're sharing this stuff and it's not a sell zone it's just like information support stuff that they're going to be interested in then you sort of in between that, you're going to do some hand raiser content where you might be sending some emails out or you might be doing like an Instagram story or something that says, I put an Inst- just for info, put an Instagram story up yesterday. We're thinking of getting a kitten this afternoon. The opportunity is there to get two kittens. Should we have one kitten or two kittens? Most, most engagement I've ever had on anything. We will be coming home with many, many kittens. <laughs> um but um you know people do reply on this stuff so if I were if I was there saying hey uh you know would you be interested in this or this I've got you know I'm thinking about working on this or this project and you get people saying either I could then direct message them and I could have a send them a voice note or something and say look this is are you interested and but I'm just thinking like what else could you do what else are you thinking of when you're talking about following up
3: yeah all right so this is this is like one of the most important areas of the whole thing. And just FYI, you can create hand raisers on like any platform in various ways and various forms. The, the key is the follow-up, right? So they've done something. They've triggered an action. They've triggered something, or they replied to you, or they've visited something, downloaded something. And now they're kind of thinking about stuff, or maybe they've totally forgotten about you. But it's up to you to then be proactive with that. So it depends obviously on the context, it depends on how high of a handraiser that is. Like, hey, have you ever thought about having a bookkeeper? Or, hey, this is like my services page. Or, hey, this is my services brochure that you can download. But you can see there's varying degrees of intent to that. So it depends on a few things, however, it's, it's the personal outreach for, for like a bookkeeper like service, B2B, it's that personal outreach. So you want you want you want it to come across as personal, as real as possible, not a generic email that you'll send to everyone all right or a, a DM sent from your team or something like that. So the more personal you make it the more they feel seen, heard, And they're going to be more likely to reply. So if you have a Instagram story with a double positive poll, which is like, this is an amazing testimonial I've just got from my client. Like, yeah, as you can see, like, all the headaches are gone. They've saved like a whole day every month, which means they can make so much more money each month. If you've ever considered like hiring a bookkeeper, like, or thought about hiring me, like, let me know and you have like a hell yes and then you have like a i'd love to find out a bit more right that's what i call a double positive because it's it's not saying yes on the 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 i'm interested to know more but it's just the curious but with both those people you can follow up you can do a message you could do an audio you can do a video message to those people like hey I saw that you voted on that poll. I don't know how serious you were, but you know what? I've actually got a little bit of time tomorrow. So we could hop on a call, no obligation, and I can talk you through a little like how it, a bit about how it works. I've checked out your profile, by the way. I see that you do X, Y, and Z. It looks really cool. I'd love to work with you. And at the very least, it'll be great to just get to know you a little bit. Are you free tomorrow? Right? That is like, you can't you can't ignore that. If you say no to that, it comes across as maybe a little bit rude. So you kind of, you know, you want to do that. And if you were interested, then that's what you want to do. You do want to find out more. You're not harassing these people. And this is the beauty of the hand-raiser method, because sales typically feels like it's this pushy thing that you're trying to like just shove on everyone, no matter if they're interested or not. But if you're following up with people that have already hand, like, raised a hand to say that I'm potentially interested or I'm a perfect customer, then it's not slimy or pushy because, hey, like they've raised their hand. They've said they're interested. They've downloaded your price guide. Like it's not rude to follow up. Like they probably want to follow up, you to follow up. Like they might have just had a busy day. So by you following up, that's a good thing. And by you taking control of the situation and telling them the next step, then they are much more likely to go for that next step and therefore you're more likely to get more sales. Now, this is quite direct and that is a very to the point method of getting them on a call. You can take it much, much slower if you want. And you can, you can offer like other things to help them. You can give them more information, but if you just honest, Like the call, getting people on a call is the best way to sell and build that relationship quickly. Yeah,
2: if you wanted to like take it one step slower, you could potentially ask them what they're using now for their books. Like are they using any software or what's the biggest headache with books? Like ask them a question first that they can easily respond to and then go into exactly what what Pete just said. But you're going to want to test this. Sometimes like the really direct, approach works the best sometimes taking it a few steps slower works better um and that's why it's great that we're going to be doing this constantly it's not like a one and done kind of thing like we've tried something it's not worked. we've put a ton of effort into it and now we're screwed it's like no we're going to do this like every single week we're going to pick like a few people to reach out to or a few ways to get different hand raises and we're going to work out what works best over time for you
3: like we did a few years ago, we were trying to improve our funnel. So what we did was we were like, we need to get people on a call and sell to them directly. Because if we can do that, then we can find out all the reasons, like fit in firsthand like why they're not buying. I can just literally ask them like, what's your objection to buying? Like Why aren't you buying this? And then if we find out what those objections are, we can come up with a way to overcome those objections and therefore put that in our automated funnel, right? Because then that would help us sell more with the funnel. Two things that we found. (laughs) Number one, it's far easier to sell on the phone than you think. And it's way better than a funnel, (laughs) typically. Funnels typically don't work and you never get around to finish them anyway, right? Because they're ever growing. And number two, it's bloody hard to get people on the phone if you don't know what you're doing, right? So using this hand method, that's how we got people on that phone call. And we actually got 100 people on a phone call within three months it took us. Now imagine having, and the conversion rate of those people, the first 30 people on the phone call, terrible conversion rate because we were crap at it, right? The next 30 was better, and the 30 after that was like 100%. So overall, we got about, I don't know, I think we got about 80 people to sign up for this thing that we wanted. Now, that was in three months. Plus, we had to figure out the system, right? So guys, I'm telling you that if you want more clients, literally just talk to people, create more hand-raiser content, follow up, get them on a phone, and you will have like literally endless more clients than you can deal with like that's that's it that's all you need to do that's the best marketing strategy and you don't even don't really need to grow your audience that much bigger um it's just about the hand raises and being confident enough to like just take control and get people on a call
1: amazing oh my gosh well look I can see everyone watching this um like um, Melanie said these suggestions are gold I'll be watching this back again with a notebook and Ooh. I think there are so many ideas like we can literally just lift things from this conversation and put them into practice and I know from going to Atomicon last year that Atomicon is going to be filled with even more of this and I've seen Kath's message from earlier and she was saying she is booked for Atomicon 23 and um, last year it was her very first business con I can't believe that Kath I can remember hanging out with you I can't believe that was your first conference when I would have met you. But anyway, um, do you want to tell us about uh, Atomicon 2023 so we can understand a little bit more about what to expect for anyone? Who yes. Wants to see
2: more? Yes, so Atomicon 2023 is happening June 13th next year. It is a one-day conference aimed at small business owners, so Bookkeepers is absolutely perfect for. It's a business growth conference, so we cover sales topics, we cover marketing, And we also cover other things that might be holding you back, like organization, confidence, that kind of thing as well. It is a super fun conference. So we have zero boring speakers. Every speaker knows how to engage a crowd. And we are about to launch the lineup in just under two weeks time. So September 19th, the lineup is being announced. and If you thought last year was good, next year is going to be even better. We are so stoked, out repeat, about who we've got. I'm actually, like, so excited I could pee my pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tickets are on sale now, if you go to atomicon.co.uk. If you want to wait for the lineup announcement, then on that page, um, just under the buy button, you can just put your name and email address in, and we'll let you know as soon as the lineup is announced. It's really great. It's a really fun kind of community vibe. I know um, Zoe and Joe are coming along. And if you guys want to come, we can, we're can. we going to do like a big community meetup for all the different communities come in next year. So that will be fun. I think that's one of our favorite things actually, Pete, isn't it? Just seeing, I, re- I remember explicitly the very first Atomicon, there was somebody that came that was part of our audience and she kind of saw us and she was like, she kind of ran past us to hug someone else that she had met from our community. And she was like, I'm so sorry, guys, but I just, like, this is the first time we've ever met. And we're like, we've got to know each other. And we like met, this is the first time we've met in person. And it was like, that was like this solidifying moment where I felt like this event was so worth it. And I'm so glad that other people... I'm more excited to see each other than they are to like meet me and Pete for the first time. I um, think that kind of sums up the vibe of what Comic Con's all about.
0: Oh, it really does. And what was so good is that everything was relevant for our audience, and it was so nice to be part of your audience and and the and the high energy and everything. And sometimes for us as in the industry we're in, we feel like we have to go to industry events, and there are lots of them. But what? But actually, what this made me realize is that events that are just big enough up small business. We are business owners and we forget that because we're service providers. We forget that we actually own and run our own businesses and everything that you learn at Atomicon, you can help your clients with and share with them too. So it's, um, and it's great content for, for your business too. So um, oh, I can't wait, I'm so excited. And um, I know we'll be seeing Kath there, but hopefully we we'll see lots of others of you there and we will, we will keep sharing details so that um, our audience knows too.
3: Awesome. Yeah, awesome. it's so good to see everyone there um i know you'll if you've enjoyed this then the atomic con is going to be like a whole new level like the world's best sales and marketing strategies like come into one place get all that inspiration all that knowledge all the connections you'll be absolutely buzzing um and the the inspiring stories and the transformations people have after that like is just mind-blowing so um, it's a really good confidence boost as well for everyone. So yeah, I'm really, really excited to, to be there and, and to see everyone as well. And also to bring your community together as well, which I think would be really nice.
1: We Get have a lot of people around. in the North, a lot of our communities in the North. And so I think, and it it's all, almost blows my mind sometimes like how many like, um, oh, wow. how outsiders down here in the South. So um, yeah, I think everyone's
3: Gonna love it.
0: I've got
1: small now. Um, no, no matter
3: where you are in the world, you can come.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he really wants to come too. I think.
0: too. I think he's getting excited about Atomicon. Thank you so much, Pete. Today has been absolutely amazing. It's been absolutely. Packed full of so many golden nuggets. So, yes, um, exactly like Melanie said, go and get a notebook and re-watch this and make some notes and figure out your own marketing plan, put some dates in your diary and stick to it. It's about consistency and um experimentation. I think it all sounds amazing. So, thank you so much. Thank we will you. see you um, we will see you at TommyCon, but I'm sure we'll see you before then. And um, everyone, we will see you again next week for the bookkeepers podcast next week at 1 p.m. See you then.
3: So, you you if anyone any questions, please message us or email us. Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers podcast, the topical bookkeeping
0: chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.